Thanks for joining the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast, where we discuss God, the Bible, and God's purpose for your life. Be inspired and encouraged to engage in transforming the world around you. Today, you know, I would like to share with you about uh, igniting your passion. Uh, so the whole focus today is about passion and how God wants us to be uh, passionate. Um, uh, somebody said, uh, fulfilling your purpose requires passion. If you want to fulfill the purpose in life, you got to have passion. Uh, purpose, uh, for, for example, has to do with our head. We understand by, uh, by reading God's word, by praying, seek God's will, will, this is my purpose, and that we process that in our head. But the passion has to do with our heart. It has to come down from our, our head a couple of inches down and, and, and become part of our heart. So uh, purpose has to do with the head, while passion has to do with our heart. Um, the, the core problem, Larry Crabb in, in, a, in his book called Finding God uh, says the core problem is not that we are too passionate about bad things, but, what, but that we are not passionate enough about good things. So we're passionate about a lot of things, but often don't think those things are not really things that God wants us to be passionate about. Um, that was Larry Crabb's observation in the book, Finding God. Uh, Revelation chapter two, verse uh, four. Um, you know, we have this uh, verse, it says, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Um, you know, when we lose our passion, we lose our first love. Uh, Revelation chapter three, verses 15 to 16. Uh, I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. Uh, I could wish you were cold or hot. Uh, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Even God detests lukewarmness. God detests half-hearted efforts. If you listen to Paul, what he had to say about the importance of passion, Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Paul says to the church in Rome, never be lacking in zeal, but keeping your spiritual fervor as you serve the Lord. You know, there are certain things in our life that we are passionate about that we don't need any reminders about. We will do that without any reminders. We don't need a sticky note on our kitchen counter in the morning that we need to make a coffee. We do that because we are passionate for coffee. We don't need a reminder to drink coffee. For me, I love Indian uh, cricket. I love to watch sports. And therefore, uh, when India is playing cricket, I don't need a reminder because I'm passionate. I know I'll remember the time. I will watch the match because I'm passionate about. But there are things like children's fees. My wife will send me a reminder saying, hey, such and such a day is the day to pay the fee because that's not the priority on my heart. I need somebody to remind me. So 
when I looked into the Greek word for zeal that Paul was talking about, never be lacking in zeal, the Greek word is zeo, Z-E-O, for zeal means to be hot, uh, or in other words, uh, like a boiled liquid, a bo like a boiled liquid or on fire. And, and fire is used as a metaphor for, for passion because what fire does is it fuels energy uh, it creates energy and fuel, uh, gives fuel to things and, and make things move and make things happen. Many years ago, um, initially, you know, when I got married 26 years ago, I wanted to impress my wife. And so I went to the kitchen early in the morning when she was still in the bed and I thought I would make her uh, a good cup of uh, chai and impress her. And I never been to the kitchen before. I have never made chai before I've been a spoiled brat all my life so uh, I went and I put the milk I've seen people do it I thought okay this is simple I can do this so I put the milk on the stove and uh, and I kept it on boiling and uh, and then I went here and there doing this and that I came back uh, only to find that the milk has overflowed you know and it it, 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 uh, it got onto the burner and uh, it destroyed the entire kitchen table and it was <laughs> There was no milk left in the container and there was a burning smell in the house. And my wife was like, what is that smell? What is that smell? And I was so embarrassed. I was so shy. And uh, so finally, you know, as a man, we don't like to admit that we don't know how to do things, you know, especially for me, I don't like to admit that I don't know anything or I don't know something. So this was a humbling experience for me to go to my wife and say, look, hey, um, I made this mistake. I, I've seen you make tea so many times. I've never seen you boil the milk over like this. Uh, but uh, what, why this happened to me? And then she said, what did you do? Why did you put the, the fire on full flame, you know, the full, full uh, blow of the, of the fire? I said, yeah, I put it on the full blow. And she said, never boil the milk on full blow. If you do it on the full fire, it will, it, it will overflow. But if you put the milk on sim, the sim mode, it will boil, it will boil, it will boil, but never flow out and uh, empty the container. So that to me, it happened something like 26 years ago, but to me is so fresh even today about our spirituality and the things of God. Many times we are like that, you know, we get so excited about wanting to do certain things for God and we go on full blow and we burn out on the other end, you know, and then we quit. What Paul is talking about here is consistency and what Usha was telling me about the sim, you know, keeping it on that, uh, that steady heat that never, uh, never burns out. I went to the dictionary to look at uh, the de dictionary definition of the word passion. Uh, and this is how the dictionary defines passion to be. It is intense emotion leading to action. Intense emotion leading to action. Um, another dictionary definition says a strong devotion to some object, activity, or concept. A strong devotion to some object, activity, or concept. Uh, for each one of us, we express our passion differently. Uh, we have different styles. You know, for me, I'm a noisy person, as you already have figured it out. I like to make noise. I get, I get excited. But for someone like Jason, they're contemplative, they are more observant, uh, they don't show their excitement like I do. 
but you can see the personalities in which how we vary in the way in we express our passions we cannot really compare and and because somebody is slow or somebody is is different than us we cannot say that they are they are less passionate but overall when you look at passion as a key you know to even from the secular world and when you look at the business world or politics or anywhere passion is a very key component of success uh, you know your gifts and your talents you are bringing your intelligence do not necessarily determine your success and i read in the books that 75% of american presidents were in the lower ranks in their school and now think about that <laughs> they were not like academically the top in the class to become the american presidents 50% of self-made millionaires have no university degree think about that 50% of self-made millionaires have no university degree i i think about this guy by the name steve irvin he is an australian and he he comes on our animal planet show uh with crocodile he was known as the crocodile man remember that guy and finally he got killed uh by a stingray uh poking onto his heart and and his own attitude of uh, macho australian guy pulled it out under the water uh, causing the the excessive bleeding in the water and he died steve irvine who was a high school dropout he became one of the richest guy in australia all because he was passionate about crocodile uh when he would talk about crocodile he, you can see the the vein on the throat sticks out he get excited he talks like he loves crocodile you know and he was a crazy guy one time he even threw his own little baby girl into the mouth of the crocodile uh just playing games with the crocodile you know and of course he he got a lot of criticisms by the media but you know if only we are about Uh, passionate about jesus as uh, steve is about crocodile you know um how much uh, uh, how much we can convince the world how much we can get the world out there there's a quote by william ward william ward w a r d william ward he says enthusiasm and persistence makes an average person superior let me repeat that again enthusiasm and persistence makes an average person superior while lethargy and apathy makes a superior person average lethargy and apathy makes a superior person average that i think really uh, challenges or speaks to us a uh, volumes about the importance of uh, passion now passion is not something that you get and it is there for all the time i'm sure uh, dr russ here will tell you enough that uh, from the day he set out to be committed for the great commission how often he had to rekindle that passion how often he had to you know that would be a story wonderful story for us to hear how uh, dr russ you had to work on keeping that passion alive and that, that we would love to hear that uh, you know if you can share that story someday about the challenges you went through and how those passion often uh, died out or you had to rekindle it so it's like a lit uh, match you know a matchbox you know you strike it and you burn it it burns and unless you burn it onto something else uh, it will die out it has the potential to spread and consume many things but if you don't spread it 
it will die out. So I want to talk about a couple of uh, uh, passion killers or some of the reasons why we can lose our passion. And I would like to make this a little bit of an interactive as well. Many of you have been in ministry for uh, two decades, three decades. So love to hear some of your thoughts uh, as we talk about some of the passion killers. One of the passion killers that I would like to bring it out is complacency. Complacency. Uh, when we talk about complacency is uh, complacency is becoming tolerant with the way things are. We put up with the way things are comfortable with the way things uh, as it is. You know, in India, for example, we, we get so used to second grade performances, you know, and we get so used to third grade performances. We, we, we don't complain anymore because that's the way how things are. It is an attitude of self-satisfaction or contentment or smugness. Solomon in 1 Kings chapter one and uh, uh, one to 11. First Kings chapter 1 to 11, if you read about Solomon, and then you read Second Chronicles chapter 1 to 9, at the height of fulfilling Solomon's life purpose, he became complacent and com compromises his conviction, resulting in his heart turning away from God and his passion for the things of God dying. So complacency crept into Solomon's life. Um, so it can happen to the best of the lot. You know, this complacency can happen when, the, when it is most unexpected in our lives. Uh, Joshua chapter 13. Uh, if you look at Joshua, you know, or list in Joshua chapter 12, we see all the cities that Joshua had conquered. He defeated 31 kings. But after 12, he is feeling pretty tired. Uh, but in chapter 13, uh, verse 1 onward, Joshua, we read Joshua's old, and the Lord said to him, you are very old. Uh, but, you know, as, uh, here we see Joshua was feeling old, uh, but there are still very large areas of land yet to be possessed. God was saying to Joshua, uh, uh, Joshua has been working so hard, and, but he started to let his complacency settle in, and God had to shake him up to remind him of the task that is unfinished. So Joshua was a pioneer that became settled in his life. So I'm gonna open up the room right now in your life. What was the biggest complacency that you had to fight, uh, that you had to deal with? So would you unmute yourself and, and please share with us, uh, what is the biggest complacency that killed your passion? Uh, you know, if you would be willing to be transparent and share your life story with us. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Getting involved in things that you are not called to be involved in can kill your passion really quickly. So getting involved in things that look good, but that God did not tell you to do uh, is a passion killer. Excellent. Excellent. Anyone else would like to share uh, something that you personally struggled with? I think speaking from life's experience will... Uh, Will, will definitely help us because life experience are the best university. Okay, so I actually wrote a message based off of this and I, I'd like to divert it more to where we aim our focus because through focus you generate passion. The moment we move our focus from God, passion withdraws automatically and it's, it's done in a slow process as well. It's gradual. It's not something that you realize immediately until you realize 
you know, way down the line and you have to make a complete rebound back to God. In order to maintain that focus, it's about trusting God's writing for each and every one of us. You know, once we start trying to take control uh, of our own lives and our own writing, instead of entrusting that God will write the best possible outcome for us, we deviate our focus back to our own self-control as opposed to God's will. Dr. Russ, would you like to share anything? I think uh, one of the things is um, after there's been a success or a victory, uh, like for us, Jason, myself, and you and others that travel all around the world, have a great 10 days of ministry and success, maybe start a lot of schools, then come back home to my home, and all of a sudden, I'm not preaching, I'm not in the I'm not in the, the flow of everything, and I can get complacent, you know, and for me, I have to be under pressure to produce <laughs> sometimes if I'm, and, and so I can lose the passion if I get complacent because, well, we've done good, and we know the Lord's pleased, and God's done good things, and then I can begin to, the, the passion can begin to ebb in kind of uh, lesson, but if I'm under good pressure to meet a deadline or to whatever I've got passion in, I think the other thing is the call. Because we've been called, you know, we have a call uh, to do the best. Some time ago, the Holy Spirit said to me, give me your best in the next 10 years. So now that's kind of a mantra for me that when I catch myself uh, backing away a little bit, the passion's ebbing. And I remember I'm to give him my best. And that means in everything. And so I think out of the call comes that, that I've been called. Now, I better not waste my time. I better make every minute count because I've been called and to give him my best. And so uh, for me, it, it kind of happens in a couple, that's a couple of ways couple of passion killers. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Russ. Uh, if I ask Jason, please. The, the passion killer is uh, when I, I'm seeing the, 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 the harvest is ready, but uh, I need pray for other workers because they, they work, my, my brothers in the other vision, you know, this is a crazy thing to live sometimes. And mm -hmm. I, I'm is a sad, but is a my my true life sometimes. That's Thank it. you, Jason. Uh, how about Jason Holland? You have something on your mind that pops up? I think uh, for me personally, the thing that kills passion is burnout. Burnout. Uh, yes. You when you chase after the things that you're passionate about so much that you become so busy and tired and burnt out. And ultimately, you will begin to despise the thing that you are passionate about to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. An unbalanced lifestyle is another passion killer, you know, and that's part of the burnout that Jason Holland was talking about. And here in this group, we had a lot of talk about observing the Sabbath. And there are others who talked about making sure that we balance our life, our lifestyle, uh, learning to say no and uh, keeping our balance. The Christian life, somebody said, is not a hundred meter sprint, but it is a marathon. And so 
to be prepared for that long race, especially those of you who are young, you know, pace yourself so you're not burning out. You know, as leaders and pastors, uh, another important aspect of that balanced lifestyle which Jason challenges me all the time is to stay fit, you know, stay fit and to love life. And uh, I, I really have taken that on board seriously last couple of months, doing a lot of exercise now. You know, get bored listening to the air hostess making this announcement when you hop in the plane. They will tell you, you know, you put the seatbelt on yourself. You, uh, even in the, in the event of a, a shortage of oxygen, the mask will drop down. They will ask you to put it on yourself first. So when I first traveled, I used to say, that's not, that's being selfish. You are supposed to take care of others. Then I realized, hey, if I have no oxygen, I'm not going to help the person sitting next to me. So I need to put the mask on myself. And the light went on in my mind. So always reminds me of that, an unbalanced lifestyle. Another passion killer is familiarity. You know, something very special become familiar that you take it for granted, whether it is our ministry, our family, uh, or even our new car. Uh, you know, when we get a new car, we're very particular. You're not going to eat inside the car, you know? That's one rule that I have in, with my car. And uh, I'm not going to allow anybody to eat inside my car. And uh, still that stays. Uh, but sometimes, you know, after three weeks of using the car, okay, let's take, go through a McDonald's drive-thru. Uh, so familiarity produces apathy and we go through the motions with no life. All right, and we can go on uh, and we can list so many, so much more. How about um, a person who is passionate? What do you think his life is like? What are some of the qualities that you see in a person who has passion? Well, I have listed out a couple of qualities. One, he will be goal-oriented. He will be a visionary person. A passionate person will be goal-oriented. Um, he'll be a self-starter. He'll be self-motivated. He doesn't need somebody you know, always behind. Um, with a stick, uh, like a, on a bullock cart, <laughs> um, has a positive attitude towards life, um, gives 100 percentage, you know, gives 100 percentage all the time, uh, strives for excellence, strives for excellence, no compromise on excellence, and not satisfied with mediocrity. So think about this, you know, and put yourself in these listings. Am I meeting these criteria to evaluate my passion? A, a passionate person creates, uh, is creative and get things done well, no matter what. He will get, it, get things done. A, a, a passionate person has whatever it takes attitude. He's not overcome by the difficulties. A passionate person accepts responsibility. He takes on the responsibility. He doesn't make excuses. Doesn't make excuse or blame somebody else. Uh, a passionate person inspires others to do their best. Uh, he's able to draw the best out of other people. Uh, a passionate person also rises to the next level in leadership. So up when you hear this, uh, do you think that there is some areas in your life today, especially as we come to the end of this year, preparing for the next year, it is, no, it is time for us to come out of that complacency more right now because we are on the verge of something very exciting in this next year. God is positioning us and preparing us for something very special. And so do you see yourself lacking in some of these areas? And if so, you need to restore uh, your passion. Now, 
let's talk about some of the uh, passion lighters. Earlier, we were talking about firefighters, things that destroys our fire and passion. Now we're going to look at a couple of passion lighters. What lights your passion? So I'm going to share one, and then I'm going to open up the forum. And then I would like you to share some of the things that you do to reignite your passion. The first one, which is common, and I'm not going to elaborate on it because we all know, and that's prayer. When we commit to prayer and prayer life, our passion automatically ignites. I don't need to say much more because all of you in this room right now uh, are men of God who preached hundreds of sermons on prayer. A shared couple of passion lighters, things that you found are helpful to you. And I know we already had Stephen share a very powerful nugget on staying focused on the priority, staying focused. I think that's an, a beautiful passion lighter, uh, something that ignites our passion. Thank you so much, Stephen, for sharing that. Uh, others, or even Stephen himself, Stephen, you may have something else that you would like to help us. Please feel free to share. I'll, I'll definitely say uh, people with passion find joy in the most laborsome of tasks. They will find joy in completing it regardless because they have a bigger picture ahead of them, which is a big life starter. You know, there's a lot of perspectives because each and every one of us has different events and happenings that have occurred in our lives, which form the backdrop of who we become and essentially what we acquire knowledge-wise in ways to direct that passion. And, you know, sometimes, especially with our world we have now, there is a huge lack of uh, father figures worldwide. I think that's generally something that parents should instill in a child for long suffering. Because if, if you don't have the ability to have patience, you'll never have the ability to truly develop passion. And that has to be motivated at a young age because of the lack, the desire to lean towards distractions, which in today's world, with social media and the access to internet and all the te technology that is available, distractions are more pronounced and imminent in our households than ever. So it's actually a battle uh, where I think you cannot truly attain true passion or your goals if you aren't trained to start uh, chasing that from a young age anymore. It's uh, a direct attack on how humans operate. It, it shifts us directly into that routine mode where you eventually switch off and just accept your every day is exactly the same. And you get through your Monday to Friday <laughs> and you have your routine through the whole week. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Wonderful insights. Anyone else? For me, uh, what I've really discovered that my passion can be flamed by the people around me that uh, if I'm in a crowd of people who have a negative vision and I can find myself becoming negative and it's easy, you know, my perspective can change and I can look at things differently. But if I'm in with a, say like this group, you know, a, a group of men who sharpen me, they raise the level and it's easier to have passion and vision with like-minded people. I found that to be very helpful in business, as well as my spiritual life, as well as my family life. I've found a lot of importance in the people around me. 
Thank you, Scott. You just taken a point out of my notes. Surround yourself with passionate people. Very, very important. Tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are and you know how much measure of your passion is. Byron? Thank you. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, keep the, fire, the inner fire, do things to keep the fire. Intentional things help us. Uh, one thing is pray first and ask the Lord uh, what is the idea to, to maintain the fire on. And what, for me, uh, to be in this group with all of you, men of God, uh, revive my, my fire in, in my heart. Make things intentional. Yeah, that's, that's the idea. And God will provide you the ways to maintain the fire. And I want to thank you because I'm, I'm very blessed with all of you, especially with this message, the passion, ignition. That's very touched my heart. Thank you. Yeah. Rohinda has lifted his hand. Okay. Thank you very much. For me, it's, uh, it's all about feeding myself the right information means it's keeping, getting the information that's aligned with my vision. Another thing is to surround myself with people who can speak into my life. Yeah. Because sometimes when you have a vision or a passion to do something, most of the time you, you can face some challenges and you can be discouraged by anything. But uh, for me, what I do is to learn from others to think if someone can fail and raise up again i cannot fail another thing that helps me is to feed my faith to to believe that the word of god is true what he, he talks about me is true that makes me like it's like that makes me strong to keep on moving that knows that the word of God will never fail into my life. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rohinda. You have hit some powerful truths right there. Dr. Russ, would you like to give us the key, one of the secrets of your life? For me, the word of God, reading the word, we've already mentioned it. That's, that's yeah. a given already. But, but the constant feeding, as uh, Bosco has just said, feeding myself with the word. Then the other thing is pouring myself into somebody. To, to be able to give a word of counsel or a word of direction or some experience and, and put it in somebody's life. Uh, to me, that's uh, when they leave or when the phone call is over. Uh, every Tuesday, I have a standing phone call with a brother from Hawaii. And when we hang up, I, 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 I'm really stoked because either he has said something or I have said something and to be able to pour into somebody's life and know that you've given them something good and that can help them, <laughs> that, that just gives me a great passion to, to do that again and just to help somebody. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Somebody who is young. Um... It gets really uh, difficult sometimes um, to continue a passion, to, you know, to keep going whenever you do feel like what Jason said, the, the burnout of just doing, doing, doing things and not seeing anything come about. And I think it's important of what, you know, Stephen said of um, continuing to, to pray and to press in on what God has planted in your heart. Uh, even sometimes if we feel a little burnout, 
Um, but whenever we just get busy doing things, which I think is what a lot of these guys have said around here, I like to be involved in different churches and I'm in a new area trying to meet pastors and, and I get invited to do a bunch of different ministry things. Um, but it's not always the things that God has planted the passion in me for. And it's not always the things that are driving me uh, or driving forward the goals that God has placed in my life. And so I have to be careful of going after those types of things because that will cause burnout in ministry, but not necessarily my passion. And so I have to uh, watch those things. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Another passion lighter that I would like to present to you is to return to your first love. And uh, Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 2, verses 4 to 5, speaks of returning to the first love. You know, uh, think of our marriage. You know, marriage becomes often from romance to become routine. Many times it's good for us to reflect back on our honeymoon, just reflect back on, go back to the album and, and see those old photos. Think about some amazing times that you had with your wife and that will help you to reignite your passion for your wife and or with your wife. You know, like, with, like that, the same with our relationship with God uh, in returning to our first love. Think of some of the, the climaxes of your relationship with God and the things that God has done through you and with you. So return to your first love to, to light the passion. Uh, another one that Paul speaks uh, often is activating your spiritual gifts. And I think in our team here, we've talked about that many times. Activating our spiritual gifts is the responsibility of ourselves. We can't depend on other people to do that for us. Uh, many times we blame the pastors, our mentors, or people who are over us for not, uh, happening, not making that happen. Um, Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Do not neglect your gifts, Paul said. Do not neglect your gifts. So if you have a prophetic gifts, use it. Even in this forum, if God is speaking to you to share something to all of us, uh, this is just one example. Second um, Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. A very important verse that I believe Brother Byron just shared. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Fan into flame the gift of God within you. Fan into flame the gift of God within you. So that's our duty. I cannot, uh, I have to do that. I, can, I'm, I cannot depend on my wife. I cannot depend on others to do that for me. I have to do that. So Jesus did that. He, he withdrew himself away from the disciples to, to keep that passion alive. You know, he withdrew and he did things on his own, while the disciples were wondering, what is Jesus up to? And Jesus said, my food, my food or my passion is to do the will of the Father. So uh, in, in concluding, you know, I'm thinking about Mel Gibson and his movie, uh, Christ, the Passion, you know, the Passion movie, you know, what an appropriate name for the, the movie of Jesus. Uh, Jesus was all about the Father's passion. Uh, and, and, if, and if we are his followers, uh, and we are given his spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit is given to us. And, and we are to be passionate people uh, like our God. God desires passionate believers. God desires passionate uh, leaders. 
in John chapter 2, verse 17, and I live with these couple of verses from the Bible. John chapter 2, verse 17. The disciples remember that it was written, zeal of your house has eaten me up. The zeal of your house has eaten me up. The zeal of the Lord. Uh, John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus said, you know, I just quoted earlier, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. He's talking about the passion, John chapter 4, verse 34. And my final verse, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 17, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance of for clothing, and he was clad with zeal as a clock. So the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ should be our passion, and uh, we must be people who are, who are consistently enthusiastic and passionate in it for the things of God. Uh, inconsistency confuses, discourages, and demotivates. But when we are consistently enthusiastic, it, 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 it motivates others. So understand your purpose. And ask God to fill you, fill you with passion, to pursue it with all your heart. And focus your passion, as Stephen said, um, on fulfilling your purpose. Passionately love God, passionately love people, passionately uh, desire to change, grow, and serve, and reach out. Thank you for joining Joshua Nations on this episode of the Inheritance Podcast. For more information about the ministry of Joshua Nations, please go to www.joshuanations.org. To join our prayer movement, please go to prayer.joshuanations.org. We hope you will join us for the next episode of the Joshua Nations Inheritance Podcast. May God bless you.